Hey, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Cut the Crap. I'm your host, Godzilla, with your man, Wildcore. Welcome back. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Crap. I'm your host here with my two co-hosts, Steven and Rex. How's it going today, guys? Pretty good. How are we doing? Yeah. Oh, like that. Oh, yeah, we got to figure that out. We'll, we'll figure out an order. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we'll work on that. Yeah. Like a, yeah. a, I feel a, like because I'm new, I should go last. I'm all. I feel like I'm always the last. I feel like in that sense, introduction, I should go last. I mean, you know, it is what it is on that end. I hope you guys are having a great week going into this. Um, this Sunday is Christmas for all of us American folks. Um, hope you guys have a great Christmas. <laughs> that mean? Listen, I mean, well, it's box day for you guys or some crap like that up there. Oh uh, no. Yo, we have Christmas on the You like excluded like yeah. the world, man. Yeah, I don't know, bro. <laughs> you Christians on boxing, and... it's boxing day on the 26th at Christmas oh, on the 25th. Okay. okay, I got the two mixed up. I forgot how it worked again. I'm sorry. I apologize. What's wrong with this guy, man? Who who uh, we're feeding him too much Canadian man. propaganda? No, nah, it's too much it's too much Canadian. It's too much Canadian propaganda for him. He's overloading. I'm overloading, overloading. man. <laughs> I am overloaded with all this stuff. But listen, for real though, I really hope everybody's gonna have an amazing Christmas coming up. Um, you guys are wonderful out there, all the listeners. We want to thank you. This this episode actually comes from a listener um, that I was very surprised to hear from. Um, was not expecting this, but they listened to one of our previous podcasts, and this episode they asked us to do. So this is a special shout out to that listener um, that we're doing this for you. This is based off the Casey Anthony trial. Um, as you guys know, this happened back in 2012, uh, 2011 time frame, where you know the, a three-year-old girl went missing for 31 days. Then the mom finally reported it. Mom kind of lied, saying that she was with the nanny last seen. Come to find out the nanny was never existed, never was a real person. Um, they ended up finding the body a few days later, which she was dead. Um, and they pretty much the state of Florida tried her for first degree murder and was trying to get the death penalty. Um, she was found not guilty. Uh, she has not given an interview in 12 years since it's been. So this is her first time speaking out about this. Um, and I took it serious. I took it just like on the, uh, like I was on jury. I took out my iPad. I just showed the guys. I wrote so much notes down. And I took it like I tried to forget everything that was said and just went into it with an open mind. Um, she did go over a lot of things, a lot of stuff that was discussed in the trial, which we will go over and kind of just give our feed feedback and opinion. I know Rex got a chance to listen to it. Steven didn't, but it's perfect because Steven gets to go into it in an open mind today and kind of just figure out, you know, what he thinks about it. So going into it at first, before we start, Steven, what was your verdict when you first heard about this? Did you think she was guilty? I wasn't too educated on it. Um, I was surprised, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it just set the bar for just crazy shit happens in Florida, man. That's all I got from that. <laughs> like, literally. yeah. I mean, I mean, I tell, I tell, I tell my son all the time when you know when he's doing some dumb shit. I'd be like, just remember, this is a state that uh, Casey Anthony got acquitted, son. Remember why you keep fucking up. 
<laughs> use that shit as a threat. It's terrible. It is. It is. It's, it is terrible. But um, hearing the stuff I heard, and I, I know Rex heard, like, Rex, did you know anything about this before you went into it? No, honestly, other than, um, I guess, what the news covered, mm -hmm. um, and then, like, m mainly, like, public opinion. But mm -hmm. I was at, I was, like, grade 8 when it, uh, first, because it's, like, 2008, I was in grade 8 when that happened, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then you said it was on 2011, 2012, yeah. so that would have been grade 11, 12 at that time, so, like, I, like, was, like, obviously, like, aware about it, but, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing further than what, like, me, the, the media had said until, okay. up until, until we watched this documentary. And what the media has said, did you think she was guilty, or? You know... A grade eight, uh, Rex would say, yeah, because that was just given to the, from the information that was given. But, um, you know, growing up, um, you know, having a better understanding of the world, a better understanding of law, you know, um, and, and especially law in different places, right? Mm. Because everywhere has different rules and regulations. So, um, you know, but the good thing is, is that we have the internet. So I have taken the time for certain cases that have happened in the States and just always wonder why when people would say like, you know, um, this is unfair and this is this I go when I look cause it's all there, right. It's all there for the public. Right. And so mm -hmm. I go and I take my own gander and then I kind of like formulate an opinion myself. So kind of with that information, um, like I said, yeah, from when I was younger, I would have definitely had thought that, but to now, just from what the evidence was given, um, I, I, I would think otherwise. Yeah. And I, I'm the same way with you. Uh, when I, this first came out, I thought she was guilty. I thought she killed her child. She got away with murder. It was another OJ case. Um, hearing this, I tell you now, guys, a little spoiler alert. It has changed my mind. Um, so kind of just going into it, episode one kind of just like set real, you up. Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick, a comment on it. Like, I, I mean, I do recall the only thing, like, again, like going back in, in just what I recall just vividly and then, you know, bringing up like the Trevon Martin thing, mm -hmm. maybe... It's more. It, it was more of a case of botch prosecution, truthfully, because when you when you go for that murder, I mean, that means it's premeditated. This, mm -hmm. that, I mean, at the end of the day, one of the things I thought about the most was I'm like, what kind of negligent fucking parent are you? You know what I'm saying? That was, yeah. and uh, that was one of my first thoughts. Like, I, I the, but you can only punish, uh, uh, the punishment guidelines can only be but within so much for mm -hmm. you know being a negligent parent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. So I mean, it, it it could with with what you guys are telling me, it might fall more into that. That isn't gonna just augment my reality of like it was just a negligent fucking parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm -hmm. if somebody killed their kid, like I'm pretty sure like the law would have would have taken care of it. Correct? Oh yeah, definitely, but, definitely. And I love what you said. First degree murder, you have to be premeditated. Um, in the yeah. state of Florida, you know, pre and pretty much premeditated means you had to think about what you were about to do. Um, in the state of Florida, I learned this when I was on jury duty, the state of Florida does not define how long premeditation has to be. It could be one second. It could be 30 seconds. It could be two minutes. There's no there's no definition of how long it has to be. As soon as the thought hits your mind, 
it's already considered premeditated. So just to throw that out, this did happen. This did happen in the state of Florida as well. Controversial opinion. That I mean, it's a whole other court case. But I've always said, and uh, just keep it short and sweet. There, uh, Zimmerman walked because he pulled the trigger once because he knew the law. You can argue, always argue self-defense with one warning shot. Mm-hmm. If he would have pulled that twice, that man would have been in jail. Definitely. Oh, yeah, it would have been. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. But carry forward. Yep. So going forward, episode one pretty much kind of set the stage for you guys that haven't seen it, Steven, for that way he doesn't know. It starts off with pretty much it started off how it happened. All right. So we had the three-year-old girl missing. Last seen alive with her mom was June 16th. Okay. Um, her mom stated that she went ahead and dropped off. Uh, she woke up that morning, dropped off her child at the nanny, um, and then went to work, supposedly worked at Universal. Uh, when she got out of work... She tried calling the nanny, and the nanny's number was disconnected. All right. 31 days kind of goes by. She finally tells her parents, hey, I can't find my daughter, Casey. Um, or Kate, what was it again? Shoot, I'm getting the nick. Kaylee. Kaylee. I can't find my daughter, Kaylee. Casey is the mother. Um, and they call the cops. You hear the 911 call. The the grandma is frantic. Oh, my God. My granddaughter is missing. She's been missing for 31 days. You know, they actually speak to the mom. Casey gets on the phone. Hey, yeah, my daughter's been missing. She had a kind of more calmer tone, I would say, than the grandma. And that's how it kicks off. Um, they introduced the investigator. He's a homicide investigator. His name was Eric Edwards. Um, and they pretty much kind of get into work. You know, they, they're like, all right, let's find out what happened. What's the address of where you dropped your daughter off at? Um, where do you work at? Can we speak with your job to verify stuff like that? Um, so they go ahead, they get all the information, they start their investigation. Um, during the investigation, they notice that, you know, when they speak to Universal, Universal's like, hey, Casey doesn't work here. She hasn't worked here in quite some time, actually. You know, and they're like, she, they're like, okay, well, that's weird. She said she came here to work. Um, then, you know, they checked where the nanny lived. And apparently the nanny's apartment has been vacant for several months. Nobody's lived there. So that was a red flag number two. So what the cops do is like, hey, all right, well, you know, you're saying the job, you worked at this job, but the job saying they don't know you. Like, can we, can you take us up to your office and, you know, maybe we could speak to your manager directly kind of trying to catch her in the lives to see if she'll say, Oh no, you know, I really didn't work there, but no, she actually was crazy enough to be like, all right, yeah, let's go up there. And she, they literally drove up there with the police office to the, the HR building is where she worked at. Um, in universal, she walked through the doors. Girl was crazy enough. They were saying the cops were saying like, she was waving at the people. Like she knew them and people were kind of waving back, but the cop was like, they noticed like they're waving back. Like, Who's this person that's waving at us? You know, um, they're going through the office and then she makes a wrong turn and ends up in a dead way. And the cops are like, uh, okay, where are we going? And she finally admits then, all right, I don't work here. So she gets charged for, you know, lying, for, lying at the police then. Um, it, it, hold on here. Sorry. Keep going here. Sorry about that, guys. It just got mixed up here. All right. So then it goes on um, and they introduce the mom, the grandma, her mom, who was a nurse, former nurse 
and then or no was a nurse at that time she's no longer a nurse now um and then her dad who was a former cop um and when they moved down to florida did security um she's pretty much started doing the blame game she says that the reason why she lies she blames it on her parents her dad um always lying and not telling the truth that when they're out in the open you know the mom was really the breadwinner but the dad wanted to keep that persona going that hey listen i'm the real breadwinner here you know lying about certain situations things like that um the they talk about how who was the baby dad you know who was the baby's dad and all that apparently the baby's dad came from a rape she was at a party and she was drugged didn't know what was going on she fell asleep woke up the next morning and that's when she knew she was raped um she admitted in the first episode pretty much that this is not the first time she's been raped she introduced she starts the introduction of her dad raping her from the age of eight to the age of 12. then after that her brother didn't rape her but did sexual stuff to her as far as rubbed on her breasts and cuddled with her and rubbed up on her and stuff like that so inappropriate things with her from the age of 12 to 15. so she was she's been molested pretty much for a good portion of her middle life to teenage life of that um and that's pretty much how it goes that, that's how they started off that's how they they're going through they're just introducing that they're introducing the facts um, you know, they talk about the vehicle, how it smelled. Well, that's actually more episode two. We'll stick with episode one more. Is there anything else that I'm thinking I'm missing um that you could add into there, Rex? Uh they pretty much covered, like as you said, just the basis, right? Just the story that everyone knows, right? Like as you mm -hmm. said, right? Um, just what the media covered, and then they get into a little bit of a lot of the first episode is the is the cops' perspective, mm -hmm. more um, I don't what the prosecutor, I believe that would be the the correct term, right? Like it was a lot of just their side, right? A lot of what the cops were, yeah. were being told from her. And um, just all the information that was given, right, and like what was known to the public, that right, that she lied to the cops um, where she worked and didn't know where didn't know where Kaylee was. But as that kind of information got divulged, um, then they finally started to uh, give in like the the other like defensive counterpoints uh, about that, right? Slowly start talking about um, just with. Uh, getting into the, the 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 lying and then with the family situation right giving the understanding of that like this is you know not your or i guess would be a standard typical american home that has their own um you know secrets right and that's where they were getting into right like the dad used to be this big um or like was a cop and then well, when they moved or whatever they he became security guard but he wasn't working you know they were they talked about um him him taking money from um from his wife or and also like out of like some like fund or whatever they talked about like the um the affairs that, mm -hmm. that he had like they did then that's like this kind of stuff that they were leaning into for the the second episode perfect yeah that that's great i forgot about them the money stealing the dad was uh cheating on the wife a lot they brought that in ending towards episode two so beginning of episode two now it starts with she she kind of tells her story of 
what she thinks happened. Okay, she does admit to being a liar. Um, beginning of episode two, she's like, hey, listen, yes, I was a pathological liar. I lied a lot, but I lied a lot. She, you know, she blamed her family because that's all she saw. Her dad always lying, her mom always lying about stuff because they wanted to keep up this persona. They wanted to be this great American family when they really weren't. Um, you know, she said she never told her mom about the rape or anything like that, but she feels like her mom knew um, she never pursued the rape charges against her dad because she wants that to be a chapter that's put behind her. She doesn't want to re go through all that, revisit that, relive that. Um, she put that behind her. And that's reason why for people that wonder why she never pressed charges to this day, she doesn't want to, she doesn't, she just wants to leave that chapter behind her and let it be. Um, so then she goes into the story of what she believes happens. She says that, you know, it was a long day that day. She didn't go to work. She was tired. Um, she didn't, she didn't feel safe because her dad was home with them at that time. She didn't feel safe with her dad being home, knowing all the stuff he did to her with her daughter, just walking around the house freely. So she went into the room, they were watching TV. She laid down, um, and she took some medication. I forgot the medication she took. Do you remember Rex? What no, medication I, I, she took? I don't. I think it was Xanax or something like that, but I could be wrong. No, no. that was in episode three. That someone, was in episode three. Okay. Someone, someone like made like what is That's like what it was. Like a, You're right. You're right. Nickname. I'm mixing yeah, yeah, three yeah. and two. My bad. So we're not yeah, going to say no, that. Either. either way, she went to sleep, right? She went to sleep. She's normally, she said she was a light sleeper, but she was really tired this day and she just passed out and she was done. Uh, maybe a couple hours later, her dad came into the room, shaking her up like, hey, hey, where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? And she's looking around the room like, I don't know. And she starts screaming, Kaylee, Kaylee, where are you? Where are you? You know, runs out to the front of the house, looking everywhere up and down the street. She's running around. Um, the dad's searching for her as well. And then as she was getting ready to go to the backyard, she was running down the side of the house. Her dad she claims was holding Kaylee in the arms, soaking wet, right? Like kind of like lifeless, but she didn't know. She was like, oh, you know, what's going on? What happened? Dad said, don't worry. She's okay. I'm going to take care of it. You know, just go about your day. I got this, right? And just told her to leave. Go about it. I got this. Um, she stayed at her friend's house and tried to act normal during the 31 days. She stated it was really hard for her. A lot of the pictures that were posted um, were pi not pictures of her of current years. So like they showed a picture of her partying where she was throwing up in the toilet. Apparently that happened when she just turned 21. That didn't happen that year. Um, so a lot of the photos the media was passing on were photos that were given to them that happened previous years before that. So there were, you know, she didn't do all that stuff, but she was still out there getting the tattoo that she had living my best life which she did say was a, a bad judgment call, but was more of a shot to her parents. Um, she, you know, she kept calling her dad to find out how's Kaylee doing, what's going on, um, you know, because she believed Kaylee was with her dad. You know, she said, hey, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of her. You go get some rest. You're obviously exhausted, blah, blah, blah. And her dad kept saying, oh, don't worry about it. I'm handling it. I'm handling it. Uh, so she believed her dad, you know, was taking care of it you know she, then at some point she was hoping kaylee was alive but she kind of knew her that she was dead from drowning so you know she thought her dad was just going to take care of it bury the body something she didn't she didn't know what she just knew something happened 
but deep down inside she was hoping she was still alive um then while all the questioning is going on this is a perfect example of what you pulled up uh steven when you said about the police work horrible police work uh they for after she lied of course to the police twice the police never believed her again and they they only did on they only pretty much went after her they had their their laser focus on her trying to get everything on her you know the dad was always like every time he was interviewed always wanting to help and like yeah uh, this answering all the questions so they never questioned anybody outside the family they never had any other suspects outside the family they only had kaylee or casey excuse me it, as it there was two main realistically in the, the like uh what uh uh christian was saying was that uh when she was telling the story and they were saying it again right that the main two uh suspects would be uh casey and her father but uh they never they never once like questioned him mm -hmm. like at all and and like he was he was there and then they have a lot of what was very interesting was that they always had a counter argument to a lot of what he was saying so there was like a lot of contradictions um and i know we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into it but basically that like just with the the father that was going on was that he um yeah he had a lot of big main contradictions that were just going on yeah and and it's crazy because the cops the either the cops were too dumb to see it or they just did it you know because he was a former cop you know protecting the shield of blue whatever so then they go into it, um, going into episode, that's pretty much ending episode two, going into three. Um, they talk about the family. They started a family fund of finding missing children, um, and they were able to raise $27,000, right? But when they raised the money, they didn't use it into finding other missing kids. They used it to buy a boat, and they named the boat after their daughter. Um, they were using it to take trips and this and that. Like The family was living their best life at that time. They were just going all on. Um, family then, as in the mom and the dad yeah the mom and the dad uh, the, the grandparents um, yeah. the, at this point this is when they find the body um, the parents have reported that Casey's car smelled like death so they did this uh, DNA test or this weird nuclear test where they're able to get the cells from the air and pretty much yeah, figure freeze out the air in the area yeah. so that they basically it's like a vacuum that's what they said so they vacuumed the air of the trunk with like like some kind of like cold substance so that they're able to kind of to 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 catch and calculate if that actually was a thing and the crazy thing is never been accepted in any courts um so of course this was something that wasn't really accepted here in this court of florida um when they found the body they try to say that there was chloroform, that the child was given chloroform to knock him out, um, that the child's face had duct tape over the mouth and and all that. Um, so they, they did samples, the hair samples, they pulled out hair samples. No chloroform was present on the child through evidence. There was no medication, no drugs given to the child. So they know the child wasn't drug, chloroformed, or anything like that. Um, they did a DNA on the duct tape. The duct tape did not have any sin scales on it or anything like that. Um, she was wrapped in a black paper bag and then duct taped around with her blanket as well. Uh, they just think when, because of how, when they were digging her up, the duct tape might've just came down and fell over the face. 
they were able to realize though that the duct tape came from the Casey Anthony's house uh, because it's the same type of tape that they had in their garage. Apparently it's a special type of duct tape and they had it. Um, they had cadaver dogs in this case, you know, apparently dogs that can sniff and know when there's a dead body and they're going to alert their trainers. But this was, this was really interesting to me. The cadaver dog only notified the trainer once of the dead body in the, in the area of the trunk. And then when another cadaver or when the same cadaver dog went to do it a second time, he didn't give a sign that there was a dead body. And then they tried another cadaver dog and that dog never signaled. So the cadaver dog only signaled once. And they talked about how trainers or owners can trick their dogs into throwing a false signal when there's really not. And that's why they have to be able to do it multiple times, which the dog was only able to do it once. So they were never able to prove that KCR, Kaylee's body was in the truck. Um, they had something about their hair. Uh, I forgot what they said about the hair exactly. I didn't write down word for word on it, but pretty much on the hair, they were able to show that there was something that in the hair follicle that the body was dead before being buried or something like that. But come to find out yeah. they were, they had an expert witness. Go ahead. What you going to say on that? Yeah. So basically what they did was they found hair strands and they look at the hair strand and a certain part on the hair strand, it could basically indicate like um, a time of death. Right. So okay. they were trying to cross reference uh the hair that was there because they said that like um it was out of the the women that were there so they said like you know that cindy right the grandmother mm -hmm. casey uh the mother were accounted for the only other hair would have been that but then the def the, the defense was talking about how that um hair would sweat and other things just basically if your hair has something on it that like it can also give off that same kind of deference yep wet hair uh, soiled hair, dirt hair, or sweat is what they said exactly. I wrote those down for examples of what the defense went. Um, and then pretty much that's what they kept going through. They 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 went through how the dad uh, testimony was always kind of shaky throughout the whole thing. The dad was able to say, "Hey, you know, she knew he he could pinpoint exactly what Kaylee was wearing on that day, but couldn't pinpoint what anybody else was wearing." You know, he, he could pinpoint certain things and not others. Um, so that was kind of giving jurors, you know, kind of like, hey, what's going on? Um, you know, the cops admitted, hey, they never really thought him as a murder suspect because he was helpful to the case. He was doing everything to help out and and everything like that. Um, so they never they never really, you know, even though he might have been a suspect, they weren't they didn't really focus on him. Um, they talked about the family computer that was in the living room that under Casey's login that supposedly she looked up um, how to what was it, how to kill about how to kill someone through strangulation no, like, or suffocation. No, like full foolproof suffocation or something like that. It was something proof suffocation. Yeah. It was basically like it was just like how to like fully suffocate something. And then case their defense on that was though it was the family computer. Anybody could use that computer. You know, the dad Dad was home during the time after they kind of try to figure it out the time frame. The dad was home. He didn't go to work till almost 2.30 that afternoon and he worked 10 minutes from the house. So he there is a chance that he could have done that. Um, so pretty much that's what they focused on. And 
because after hearing like there's more evidence of course we're probably missing out that they went through but just hearing everything they went through there there was a reasonable doubt it wasn't a hundred percent the police did a horrible job in their investigation it wasn't a hundred percent proof that hey she did this they they you know they couldn't prove she did it they had no dna evidence um there was no dna evidence on the trash bags there was no dna dna evidence on the masking tape that was wrapped around her uh, no dna evidence even on the blanket besides kaylee's um so they were not able to figure out um during this whole trial though what i noticed when they were showing the trials was one thing that i didn't notice well during my child she has so much so many different emotions going on she has sadness she had remorse when they brought up the lying like you could see her crying like compared to somebody i saw that was a cold-hearted killer that he didn't even blink when he looked at the dead body like he just looked at it like it was nothing never cried never teared up until his mom spoke like he was just stone cold throughout the whole event and then seeing somebody that was tragically broken having to relive through all this you could tell through her face and her emotions as well like she didn't do this are you are you like able to say this guy's name finally oh yeah the guy's name was um matthew terry matthew terry was for our guy so a resident uh murder expert over here now yeah he I'm, said, I'm telling you, bro. I, I look this man in the eye like he could just be walking in the public eye and be like bro he's a murderer I, I can like, see it. I, I was in the same room with him. I seen it. I saw in his eyes. I seen it. Yeah. So it, it, it was sad. You know, it was really sad. One thing that got them especially was the dad's mistress. You know, so they find the defense found out, of course, she had a mistress, went up and spoke with her and got the mistress to go up there. And, um, you know, the mistress admitted that one night, you know, he was vulnerable and he was talking he was like, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this. Like, And she was like, what do you mean? And he kind of stopped right there and just looked like, like, oh, shit, I almost slipped. Um, so, you know, that, that also put doubt in the mind. Like, why was this not, why wasn't the mistress interviewed by the police? Why, you know, the police never interviewed her or, or got into her, questioned her about anything. You know, but the defense team was able to find her, question her, and get all these answers. So... Um, it was bad police work on it all. Um, it, it was just, it was really horrible. It was really horrible on that end. Um, anything else you want to say, Rex, before I keep going? Um, oh, uh, yeah, it was just interesting, right? Like, just the whole, like, how, like, the story played out. I just want to add, um, that, uh, what was it you were saying? Um, it was with the... It was with the dad. It was just one of the the other yeah the, the phone records. Oh, the right? phone they records, were, yeah. Right. They they checked her phone records in her in her area, but they couldn't find his phone records, and they subpoenaed it, and they felt like the cops said that like so it's just interesting, right? I I um I'm just like listening to just the the uh, the language that's just being spoken here of of just like it's shoddy police work, um. And in the sense of that, like, it's just interesting because I feel like just like hearing it out and like watching it all like happen and seeing like, you know, the both sides and, 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 and like between like the daughter and the father, it, it, it it's, it's, it's wild. Um, yeah. 
just to see just to see all 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 of that and like the evidence to the counter evidence to like how they really they they you might say that it was i i feel like um and you know you can answer this why do you feel like it's like shoddy police work i i feel like they once she lied they they just they were mm -hmm. locked into her they they didn't check on anybody else they didn't really push yeah they subpoenaed the records but they didn't push for those records they didn't push to get yeah. them you know they they were more worried about her um and the police records actually showed during those 31 days that she called to her house almost three yeah. to four times a day Every trying to speak to the day, dad yeah. to find out no, how and that's the thing. it was those detectives that subpoenaed it yeah. It wasn't the defense. It was it, it was, was or whoever. It was it was it was the detectives, right? So like, there's more to it that I feel like. And here's the you know the uh, the theory brain you know going off that it's like they were really pushing for her. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of the evidence that is given, and it's like, well, like you know, like the, the father, like on him, like there's a ton of counter evidence, right? And yeah. it's like, the, like as you said, like they're just so locked in. That like it it's her when it's like uh, like again we don't know but what new information that has been given it really sh feels like it's the other like it's the it's it's what they're suggesting it really yeah. just does feel like what they're suggesting it is it definitely does and it gets it even gets worse I forgot to tell you this Stephen um there was another testimony from someone else that George admitted that he, the the truth saying that it was an accidental drowning. And it was a lie that just snowballed out of effect or snowballed out of control. Excuse me. He admitted that. And the defense called her up there. Her name was Crystal Holloway, called her up there and got her to say it on the record. And once that, that was like one of the last people to testify for the defense. Once that was said, um, it was pretty much the straw that broke the camel's back. Like it was, come on. She, he admitted to this. So, um, the defense of course, or the, the jury found the defense not guilty. Um, and it goes on to them what happened afterwards. You know, she talks about more about the rape and all that. Um, they talk about the dad, how it's weird, how the dad on camera always presumed the evidence or presumed that his daughter was innocent. Always said, oh, she would never done this, this and that. But he was the first one to testify against her in court. He was the first one to go to a grand jury and testify against her again. So, like, he was playing both sides of the fence, which was yeah, really... he was the star witness. The star Not witness. Not only that, he was the star witness. he was the last person that saw them yeah. alive. Saw her, Kaylee, alive. Right. Um, he was the grand the so star witness. After the they get jury. through this, now they're kind of talking about, like, hey, now what really happened? Let's try to find out that. And they're talking about the rape and... While George is at the funeral, he says something that, you know, Kaylee never watched the ceremony of her daughter's funeral. She wasn't even allowed to be there while she was in jail. They would not allow her there. Um, George comes out and says, I miss Kaylee. I miss the way she smells. I miss the way she feels. I miss the way she laughs. Red flags. He was like, wait, wait, wait. What did she, what did he say? Remember that? Remember when she said, "Oh, can you yeah, rewind you, that?" You're, 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 you, you, there's, there's one big part. Did you? Are you? I don't know if you're, if you're. Go ahead. If you're you go, go with it. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you take it. it, it I was, put in the thing was, first. See, see if you guys see when it's supposed to be part of the episode. We have communication on here, so you know, you know what if that's no, the. No, I, I'll let Rex say. It. Go ahead, Rex. I, I know where he's going with it, it. It okay, okay. It was that when she. 
I and he also said I miss when she would come in from outside and 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 see her sweat and like oh. talked about like her like her sweating like at a funeral. Oh, I was gonna say that, so I'm glad. You yes, the dads, the dad the said that. The grandpa, she was grandpa, like, wait, 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 what yeah. did he just say? Can you rewind that? And she listened to it again. She was like, he just admitted to, yo, and it hit her and she started crying. Like, he admitted. Yeah, it triggered he her. Pretty, yeah, he pretty much admitted triggered. to her, him raping her or raping her, her daughter, Casey's daughter. Yeah. Um, and she couldn't believe she was disgusted right away. Um, then they show another interview after when he was in an accident. And he almost slips up on that interview. And he was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just hope she could forgive me. And the forgive mom's me, like, man. you know, what the mom, meaning the grandma, was like, Casey, forgive you for what? Well, she, he didn't say Casey's name. He just said, I wish she would forgive me. And he's like, forgive, forgive you me. for what? You didn't do anything. And he's like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. And then he stops. And then they change the subject right away. But like, he was at the breaking point at that point because he just went through a, a life, a pretty much a life altering car accident where he car almost accident, died man. um and he pretty much almost admitted it on not live television that he killed her and they stopped it and changed the subject like i was like oh so then um so it goes through more she pretty much the final end of it is she thinks now that her father suffocated kaylee trying to do what he did to her because when he would rape her, if she would say no or she didn't want to, he would suffocate her until she passed out and then rape her. And he thinks that she did the she did the same thing. He did the same thing to her in the pool um, or somewhere in the back. Um, and that's what she believes. He killed her. He raped her. Um, and then he buried the he buried the body. George buried the body. Um, after hearing all this again, this is one side of the story. There's always three sides of the story: is one her side, his side, and then the truth. But just hearing her say this, you know, uh, they they put up other witnesses like, "Hey, since the case, has she lied, or do you feel like she lied?" They're like, "No, she's actually been been honest 100." percent Her lawyer, one of her lawyers on the defense team, actually hired her to work for her because after the case, they didn't know how to keep her safe or how she was going to be able to live. They put her up in a, a Airbnb, like hiding her for a little bit, gave her some money. Like they did a lot to try to keep her safe. And then now she works for her defense lawyer as pretty much, you know, writing up documents and pretty much uh, oh, not. the He was a defense investigator lawyer. So he was part of the legal team that would do. Not, the so not now he doesn't. She, she doesn't work for Jose Bias. No, Jose Bias. They didn't oh, get okay, into okay. him. Um, they didn't get into him much. They got more into the other. There's three other lawyers that she's really close with that to this day. Um, they didn't bring him up much, which I found weird because I kind of wanted to know where they dating. Everybody thought they were dating and all that, but they didn't talk about that. They didn't bring that up. Um, so Bro, they, that they, guy, they pretty much put it on. And I really think he did it. And I think the police just did shafty work. I'm hoping after this, maybe it might trigger them to reinvestigate it. I don't know if it's too late or like what? But what do you think, Stephen? After hearing everything, you know, what do you think? What's your mindset now on it? Do I you... mean, dude. I mean, people have held up crazy lies before, man. Unfortunately, I, I don't know. She was found. It's a, hey, I, I don't like to question. Well, I don't want to say it like that. That's gonna sound stupid. 
uh, I have plenty of faith in the judicial system. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's there's uh, questionable moments out there. Mm-hmm. Usually, no, yeah, I don't want to say that either. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll just keep it like that. So you think then she was found not guilty for a good reason? Do you agree with the not guilty verdict now? If you have people like second guessing like that again, I'd have to rewatch it maybe more and mm-hmm. and I, I would truthfully, I'd rather get like an ESPN highlight reel of like the court case versus you know the okay. the actual like in court yeah to see because the highlights of all the stuff because mm-hmm. even even. Just opening that, uh, opening that video to watch it to persuade you to think otherwise. Hold on one second. You started breaking up, sir. You said even opening up something. No, I'm saying even opening that video, like that that documentary, whatever it is, to I mean, that documentary's end goal is to make you feel she's innocent no matter what. So, so I thought... Know, I thought the same thing about that, but they stated in the beginning of the documentary she has no creative rights over the documentary. So she can't say what's being used in the documentary or anything like that. It's it was the people that made the documentary that had to choose and do that. So But um, also this is like the first time, right? Everything that is already out there and has been presented, you know what I mean? Like this is just her like getting to say like her her piece, her piece and then yeah. it, and then not only that like as you said someone else has creative uh like directorship over it so i, I really it, it's it's created with like with uh like quotation marks right they still have to stylize it in the document document mm-hmm. uh a documentary way you know and, and present it in a media form for 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 the public but you know like this but at, like as you said like at the end of the day it is still like her first time um, getting to speak on this. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting about the dad. Again, I didn't know anything about the dad. I didn't know she was raped. Um, so knowing that yeah. is a. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowing that is a big thing. Um, seeing that, it opened up my eyes. It really did. If I was a juror, just off a couple things that they talked about in the courtroom and how they were able to counter it, you know, when you go yeah. into this. You have the, the the state has to prove without a reasonable doubt that she's a hundred percent guilty. It can't be any doubt in your mind. They have to prove mm-hmm. it. And from what mm-hmm. it was, they couldn't prove it. There was too many inconsistencies with the dad. You had the star witness at the end saying, "Hey, he admitted to saying that it was an accident, accidental drowning that just went haywire and went down the road." Like turn into a snowball effect into the wrong thing that it wasn't supposed to be. I mean, right there alone, hearing that from a star witness that they, you know, it was just like, whoa, you know, and then you see the dad a couple months later, giving an interview or a couple years later, giving an interview and kind of slipping as well, apologizing live on TV. Like you're like, damn, yeah, this, this is, this is real. I'm like, this is crazy. So, um, yeah, no, I get that totally. And and for me, like I said, right, like I was young when that like happened. So uh-huh. like I'm I can't follow it. Like I have I'm in grade eight. I have a whole life to live. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no, now like taking the time and coming back and like hearing like everything and um just that like like I said, like being older and having a better understanding of uh, the world and and a better understanding of like 
like like you know different law systems and just also like with this you know thing the special thing that we have called common sense right that like it bring it just you know like i said everything that was that came together in that documentary it it makes a lot of sense right like like you know points can be argued but there are points that can be like ca uh, like countered uh towards it right like um again you're saying like just with like the father um and just like with you know like i said like with the the phone um that going on they you know uh just with also that like yeah like it's just confusing and i get it right because she lied right and and the mm -hmm. thing is when they did find out right really another thing that they brought up was that like a lie is a lie for sure but like there were half truths right she did mm. work at um universal universal all right but just not at that time right there was a nanny but it wasn't that nanny it was one of the friends that they interviewed right oh, that that yeah. was that that was her place right they i really did enjoy just like the the different counter perspectives that they had because mm -hmm. they even brought in people who were roommates of the boyfriend and basically they their roles were to cover the like um guilty no matter what you know what i mean but they're kind of like they're kind of supposed to be like the you like the viewer watching that like kind of still isn't like fully convinced right because they will tell you right that like you know it wasn't part of her character the way that she um compartmentalized like the whole like trauma they also did uh you know studies on that and they found out that like she's quote-unquote normal right yeah. like they were all saying that she's a psychopath this and that when they they studied her and they had like real phd people with the degrees on their wall right that said like no like she's not they you know at that time right people didn't understand the different types of of trauma and and for me like i said just understanding that like there's so many crazy things that happened in this world and you know it's all out there right there's so many documentaries that they kind of all start for me to blur together that like that like it, it, on this planet we have a ton of crazy um situations that happen in multiple different ways right but a lot of it does stem from you know with families and homes and and i do understand uh not personally myself but i do understand you know from hearing like people that you know and their families and their family secrets and i understand like the whole snowballing effect right something little and it blows out of proportion right you have a little mm -hmm. white lie and then it, it it grows it goes too far so i can understand those kind of like similarities and, and and seeing where it goes and then like i said once the evidence and other things that were presented in in this documentary it really like in a sense changed my thought or really or or, or not really changed my thoughts i didn't really have an opinion on it but it really opened my eyes on the matter and and it gave me a new perspective on seeing like you know um that these are interesting things right that like um the father was again the star witness and grand uh and grant and like the 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 one that was testifying against her the most but going to the jails and like telling her like it'll be okay right and like you know understanding the difference of like those kind of families and seeing like you know that it all plays out because it happens in so many other people's lives so that like when you know certain people see that it happens to other people like they can't believe it i just think that you know we've seen it too many times that it it kind of seems fake but it's like no like everybody's has 
some skeletons in their closets you know what i mean and yeah. some are better than others and keeping it in that closet and some their skeleton falls right out the closet right so it, it's it then becomes for the public and then it's a whole public opinion and then it just totally gets out of hand right yeah no it, it does it does and i think steven said it best it's shoddy police work very bad police work um they they did not cover all their grounds and um again it could be protecting a brother in blue or whatever they did a horrible police work um you know and i see why she was found not guilty that's all i can say at the end of the day she was found not guilty i think the right verdict happened i feel bad for what she had to go through through her life um you know being eight years i can't even imagine being eight years old and being raped um by your own parents you know that that's all the way to you the age of 12 and then your brother when you think it's over now your brother's coming through and, and molesting you in some type of way that's not sexual but still borderline of you know sexual it's like what the hell and i feel bad because for the brother to do something like that i feel like the brother knew it was okay or was being raped himself well, and was that's giving it back. Well, that's, and there's another point that I'd like to add to, right? Is that like the same thing that they were able to link, right? Was is that she stole money from her friend while her dad stole money from her mom. And it's just like actions that are repeated in the home, right? Like, you know, if you if you're a parental figure, um, you know, that like you have someone looking like at you. Even when you even when you're not paying attention, right? Like they're their biggest like they have like a big admirer watching them. So they see things like happen and implemented and they think in their head that that like it's okay, right? So especially when you see or hear certain things like that, right? Where it, it becomes the mentality of like if I didn't get caught once then i'll never get caught so you know they start to get comfortable and then they don't see that other people may have seen it right but again it's all again what i'm trying to get to is that like a lot of it is repeated action mm -hmm. becomes that repetitive behavior yeah yeah steven any final words you want to say on this no what i was going to say oh before i had some technical difficulties that yo her her lawyer Yo, he's 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 been around some crazy cases, dude. If Which one, Jose that, Bias? Like, yeah, yeah. Bro, that man, get that money, man. He he has his whole legal team. I, they did a great job. I got to give it to him because it wasn't just him. Believe it or not, it was the actual. There was another guy that I, forgot, I didn't write the lawyer's name down, or I did, and I probably just deleted it. But um, there was another main lawyer there that was in charge of like the death part, and he was the older guy. He was the one that did most of the investigation. He spent a million dollars um, in investigating this trial and all that out of his money. Not, you know, Jose Baez didn't even help at all out of that million. Like, he spent it all himself. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the guy that, I, like, ended up that she was working for. Yeah, the guy she like worked for. Hunt, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah that's him. He, he, he's he like, he was man. all in. He said, he said, I'm locked in and he, and he invested yeah. all of his time and money he, into it. Yeah. He believed her. He knew, he said he yeah. knew from the beginning, he saw the police work was kind of shoddy. He was like, Oh no, I'm taking this on. And a million, like she didn't have to pay that. And she's not even paying it back. Like he's paying her to work for him right now. So yeah. like for some, to have somebody out there that believes in you that much, um, you could tell like they didn't bring up Jose by as much. And I think it's because he really didn't have, that much to play. I think he was just kind of the face of the legal team, but the actual real person is the one who she's working for. And 
it's amazing to see that, you know, her legal team was that invested and still cares for her to this day. Like they were even one of the people from the legal team says I represented over 1500 cases, um, you know, all types from murder to like crazy ones. And he was like, I have never invited any one of my clients to my home. She's the only one. So, you know, and the, the wife loves her, the lawyer's on, wife, all that. Like it's a, they're like a half, they're pretty much her surrogate yeah. family. She said, basically, so, yeah. I always look for something stupid somewhere. And I just seen something that is incredibly stupid, but it made me smile. I am somehow just glad that, um, I'm a fan of the Miami Hurricanes, the University of Miami. I am glad they had nothing to do with this court case. Apparently, Jose Baez went to Florida State, and the other one went to University of Florida. So, thank you, Miami Hurricanes, for not having anybody involved or anywhere near that. Man. Regardless hilarious. of your opinion on the I'm just looking at the lawyers right now. I'm like, huh, one went to UF, Baez went to Florida State. Thank you. All right. You're hilarious, bro. Oh, my God. I love it. You know what's funny? Um, the judge on my case went to Florida State. He was a big Florida State fan. And it was the weekend Florida State played Miami. So I was hoping Miami wins. I could go to the court with my Miami shirt on and all that. But they lost. So it was funny. His courtroom was actually decked out with Florida State stuff. He had like the little Florida State um, emblem on the top right next to his name on his desk. He had his Florida State mug that he kept drinking and he would just look at me because during the process, they would ask they would ask crazy questions. And one of the questions was, what's your favorite sports team? And when I said Miami Hurricanes for football, college football, he gave me a look and it was just like, oh, OK. So, <laughs> but either way, um, any last words from you, Rex, before we head out? Um, No, I think that's it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that three hour documentary that was landed on us um i'm not gonna say it was maybe within 24 hours but we'll we'll leave it at that <laughs> but it was, it was like, a lot it was of a, fun. it was I, last it, minute i i binge watched it right after work i i watched all three episodes i feel like i said i felt like i was yeah. in court I, my documents of notes went for days. Like I had so much notes I took and cause I wanted to really take this serious, you know? Um, and I really did feel that, you know, she's not guilty. So that's my final words on it. Steven said what he had to say. No Florida, no Miami. What you mean? No Miami <laughs> that, that representative. Was, that was just something stupid that <laughs> I just see right now. But I'll honestly. let you end it though, Steven. Any final words? Last, you'd be the last one. OJ didn't do it. <laughs> That's going to be the next documentary we're going to have to watch and do it on. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. You're joking. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, guys, we appreciate you guys for listening. Like always, again, if you ever want to, uh, you know, throw out a podcast idea like the, this person did, you can reach us at cut the crap with two P's, one at gmail.com. That's C-U-T-T-H-E-C-R-A-P-P-1 at gmail.com. Always send us a personal message if you know us personally. Hit us up on Discord, text message, phone call, whatever you want. And lastly, you can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok as well at Cut the Crap. They're all the same there with no two P's, just regular Cut the Crap. Um, and we do appreciate you guys like listening for listening. Excuse me. We hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, a uh, Happy New Year. We'll speak to you before then. And for people that are Jewish out there, Happy Hanukkah. I know that has started. Uh, so, hey, yeah. happy holidays, man. Just happy. I'm saying it all, baby. I'm saying it all. 
Not gonna miss it out. I used to hate, happy Christmas, Chanukah. I used to hate saying Happy Holidays when I worked in retail. I'd be like, no, Merry Christmas. I used to be the that one asshole, but yes, Happy Holidays to everyone, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.